great show here. If you're joining us live, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be with you for about 40 minutes. Topic number one that we are going to get to is the Patriots. We're going to talk about, you know, did they screw themselves long term with their gluttony of signings? What what is their thinking and do we get behind it? We're going to talk about the biggest draft impacts that free agency has had and um, look at the 49ers situation. Um, look at the Bears with our own Bears uh, fanatic, PFF Brad, and uh, talk about the Seahawks a little bit, maybe a little Deshaun Watson, and then at the end, who played the cap the best and who effed themselves. So topic numero uno. Skip and Shannon talked about it this morning they got animated did the Patriots and their spending spree did they screw themselves long term and why or why not Brad I mean they still have the resources to do this as we talked about all week they've never had a roster this poor that required them to spend money so part of the reason they weren't doing it was because they didn't need to um, and they didn't screw themselves. It's just like, what is the return on these moves really going to be? They're known for not spending because they just draft and develop. Um, and after all these moves, they still have Cam Newton at quarterback. So, you know, where are they really going to go in an AFC East that Buffalo is clearly still the top option? I guess well, not only that, Miami is not – Miami's made some moves that some are questionable, some were chasing last year's draft. Uh, the, the Justin Coleman signing, for example. Um, but, I, you know, they're right on their heels. And you look at a Jets team – which appears to be making a lot of good moves, the Gerard Davis signing notwithstanding, and obviously has the most uh, weaponry to go into the draft with. Okay, so let me, let me recap here. Cam Newton, one year, five million. I don't think anyone has a problem with that, okay? That might be their cheapest move so far, most important position. And it's great to see these other moves that give Cam a chance, okay? But let's, let's look at what they are. Johnny Smith, four years, 50 million, 31 million guaranteed. That's tight end number one. They then went out and got Matthew Judon, 54 million, 32 guaranteed. Devon Godshaw, two years, 15 million. Okay, that's not a lot. Jalen Mills, four years, 24, nine guaranteed. Nelson Aguilar, two years, 22 million, up to 26. Kendrick Bourne, three years, 15 million. Henry Anderson, two years, seven million. Dietrich Wise, four years, 22 million. Hunter Henry, three years, 37 million, with 25 guaranteed do any of these deals i guess my first question is like do any of these deals really have that long term of an impact aside from the johnu smith one right that's the thing yeah the tight ends are the only truly big move where you think they're going to move the needle they now have the co-third highest paid tight ends in the nfl but i wrote an article about a week ago about eight you know total guarantees given out in free agency from 2016 to 2020 they were third least in the AFC they went to three Super Bowls in that time and they got the fifth most war in the first year of those deals in the entire AFC so it's just it's not necessary it's not something they've ever done so lauding it now almost neglects and ignores what they've done for the better part of 20 years yeah I mean when you've had Tom Brady the surrounding cast like the goal was to get that entire group to average, right? And then bottoming out at the draft, you taking Nikhil Harry, um, you know, getting tight ends that couldn't play at all last year, um, you know, whiffing at, you know, even even in the secondary, not doing great in the draft, and and at O line not not doing as good as well. Like these signings are not necessarily like impact players. They're getting Bill what he wants, which are average players. The question then becomes can like can cam newton elevate average average players around him the way that tom brady did my, my intuition would say no um but you know that that just requires them after years of struggling on the draft 
to finally get like if they lean into the next few drafts and do a great job then this stuff doesn't look quite as you know bad right but but if they continue to have issues drafting right then then i don't think that this moves the needle much at all i guess that's where that's where i struggle because i've i don't my big thing here is that does this did this does this set of moves make them any more than competitive more so for the number two team in their own division probably not like this did not make them a Super Bowl contender. Right now, if the line, if the if the division odds are moving significantly in favor of the Patriots, I'm laughing. Okay, so that's one thing. The second thing would be, kind of to your point, Eric, that they won with Tom Brady. It wasn't like they didn't have elite players around. Rob Gronkowski was elite. Julian Edelman was very very good when he was healthy, and I like Johnny Smith. I like Hunter Henry, but I don't feel like they've put but- any. Particularly elite Do you think Belichick even thinks those guys are elite? I mean, the 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 whole if, in- if Bill Belichick doesn't think Gronkowski is elite, yeah, but Edelman, let's say, because okay. like, because here's the thing, like, because he did try to go out and get a tight end who project, like, that's the one position where he's like, okay, I'm going to pay big dollars for these guys. My thing is, is when Belichick's entire career has been centered around this idea that he can take a certain caliber of player and make them a two x that caliber of player, and he was faced with such a bad roster over the last year and a half, two years, that I think it's more to like satisfy him to get these players into that range mm-hmm. and then see if he can elevate them. Like the, his entire career, Richard Seymour, he traded him. Uh, Jamie Collins, the first time, traded him. He even let, he tried to trade Gronk to Detroit two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like there, there has always been this idea, and even Brady to some extent, I think keeping Brady around that long was more Belichick sort of like, you know, kicking and screaming, acknowledging that that's the one position where they've been elite forever. But I don't necessarily, I would be surprised if Belichick had the same view of his elite players as we do. As we do. And, and like somebody like Matthew Slater, like who he thinks kind of a bum, he probably thinks that guy, like he probably sees the thing so much differently than we do to the point where like, that's why he could value a Kendrick Bourne. And we're like, ah, he, he's kind of whatever. And he might not necessarily value an Edelman as much as we would. What does so? What is this this year? Their cap it doesn't matter because Cam Newton's five million dollars. And one of the things that Shannon Sharp mentioned was, okay, well, who are they going to go get in free agency anyways? Like, who's going to be a free agent that they're going to go sign? But I guess my question would be, does do these moves actually like what does that look like next year for them? Is there any concern if someone should become free that they could go get? They could go ahead and sign someone. I guess my concern would be, you mentioned the draft. This is their first time drafting in the top half of the first round since 2001, since they took Richard Sherman. So you have the 15th pick this year, which barely top half, but high for them. Maybe they make a move up for a quarterback, but if not, odds are you're picking at 15 or lower next year. So even if you can't sign someone, you're also precluding a, a trade up in the draft for the next quarterback. Yeah, I mean, yeah that, that's tough, though, because you have to... And I, I hate to try. I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. I, I'm legitimately coming at this from a, you know, you've got you've re-signed Cam Newton. You're trying to build a competitive team. I think there are good players out there. Um, 15 isn't super high. I I, I don't know. I, 15 I'm, got the Washington Football Team, Dwayne Haskins. Like that's that draft pick. Congrats. You know what I'm saying? Like I, it's not that high, right? And and the only way that they get a blue chip quarterback is if they get lucky. Right. Like, like, look, who's think about the quarterbacks that have been picked after pick. Like, I'm obviously endpointing is a problem here, but after pick twelve, the Watson pick in seventeen, you've gotten what? You've gotten Drew Locke, 
You've gotten Jordan Love. You've gotten Dwayne Haskins. Lamar you've got Jackson. Lamar Jackson's the one, right? And Lamar Jackson, obviously, there's the, I think, the bias inherent in everybody wanting him to be wide receiver, et cetera. But, like, that, and then looking historically, that's where, that's Brady Quinn territory. That's Brandon Whedon territory. That's Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater. We're not, you're not getting a blue-chip caliber quarterback past pick 10. And so, like, they, and, like, is Belichick willing to trade up? We, there was the one rumor in 18 that he was willing to trade up for Mayfield. That, that's basically been the only whiff we've gotten of him being willing to do something like I, that. I think... In my bones, I believe that that the Patriots think you can find quarterbacks of great quality later on in the draft. I, I just really do. End of one, man. End of one. I look. I know that Tom Brady is the one that everyone points to, but I actually think about it from a Jimmy G perspective. They love Jimmy G. They got Jimmy G for for nothing. Small school guy, you know, and was not someone that you had to reach in the in the high end of the first round to get. And I really think that Bill Belichick believes I can find a, another really good quarterback, maybe not Tom Brady, but I find another really good quarterback outside of the first round. I think that's what he's thinking and that he's not worried about trying to find a top five pick, whether, whether we agree with that or not. I mean, that would be, to me, honestly, that would, I, I think that that would be absurd. I, I would, and looking at this draft, I know Chris was on here last week and said Davis Mills was a good prospect. I know that Kellen Mond could be. But if you're putting – those guys are surprises. Those guys are – and I'll, I'll say this. that Those guys are – you take RG3 at two and you take Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. And if Kirk ends up being better than RG3, that, that's – you get to count that because that you were, you, were thought, you were thoughtful. If you take Kellen Mond in round two – and expect him to be your quarterback. Like, when's the last second-round quarterback that was drafted that was expected to be a starter that was mm -hmm. good? That's a fair point. Derek Carr. Like, yeah. Derek Carr is literally the last quarterback that was taken in round two that was started and, like, that was – this isn't, this isn't like, back in the day. Like And Chicago Bears legend Andy Dalton would be the other one. And I guess that – Yeah, that's yeah. a long time ago. That's already <laughs> sure. almost nine years. Okay, like, so what would you have done if you were the Patriots this offseason? I would have made – I would have made a significant push to get well so I don't mind the cam thing but what I'm saying now is given everything they've done I would have I would make a significant push to draft a quarterback in the top 5 and 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 I probably would have instead of spreading the risk out at the wide receiver position I probably would have made a bigger play for one of the more expensive guys than than having two tight ends because here's the thing and i know we're, we're friends with warren and everything but the 12 and and 21 personnel stats are still like they're they're they are rife why? with what's that explain why well because you, teams run 12 personnel on early downs early downs you have a credible threat of running which means passing is is going to be easier 12 first you're not nobody this isn't 1993 no one's running 12 and and, and uh, 22 personnel 21 personnel on late downs right so like the 11 personnel stuff versus the 13 12 21 personnel stuff it, it's, it's it's rife really with down splits exactly and not only that but it's also it's also rife with like if I'm playing 11 on early downs, I'm generally speaking, I'm playing from behind, right? Like the the freedom to run those sets 
is contingent on being a good football team. We talked about that, about Minnesota, right? When they played all those backups in 2019, mm-hmm. where they and they played all the good quarterbacks in 2020, how it wasn't quite as easy for them. And it's the same thing. So they can get two tight ends, but if you're if it's third down and seven and they're lining up 20, you know, 12 personnel and their two wide receivers are Aguilar and and Kendrick Bourne, like I'm sorry, the lights are out. Take Jacoby your Meyer slander will not stand. Uh, Brad, what would you have done? Yeah, so this is obviously some classic hindsight analysis, but last time there was a guy kind of in that late five to ten range from the Mountain West region that couldn't really throw the ball in college, um, but developed. The Buccaneers were, I mean, excuse me, the Bills were at pick 12, traded up to pick 7 to get Josh Allen. So Patriots in that 15 range, if a Trey Lance falls, if a Justin Fields falls, yeah, I say you go up for that guy. Now, they could still do that. that that's, yeah. that's, I think, the, the hidden thing here. Now, it doesn't feel like they will. I, I'm with you, Eric. What I would have done is I would have looked to get um, an explosive wide receiver. Now, they may still, and, and I... Nothing against Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar, not exactly an explosive wide receiver. Um, neither is Kendrick Bourne. Uh, the two tight end thing was a bit much. Paying John U. Smith that much money. He, remember, the Tennessee Titans offense was fantastic. Tons of play action. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Um, that, to me, was... A, Played in an easy, an a easy bit schedule. Of an over, a bit and... of an overspend there. Um, so it was more for me about not really not feeling great about the players that they went in on and everyone just assumes bill belichick knows what he's doing maybe go look at the history books and see if that's warranted or not all right let's move on to the continue talking about the draft a little bit and let's let's talk about the most the biggest impact that we think free agency will have on the first round Uh, what do you think it'll be eric oh man that's a that's a really good question i i think the biggest the signings of all these edge players is going to make edge drop further in the draft than we thought because there was a lot more affordability. So I, I put down my, my six favorite signings. I thought the one of them was Carl Lawson to the mm-hmm. Jets at 15 million a year. The way that everything worked out for him as far as, um, you know, a shorter deal so that's good for both him and the jets 15 million dollars a year is really good for the jets but also really good for a guy who was drafted in the fourth round um the jets best edge player and god knows how long but what that means is that that's another team that doesn't need a quitty pay or a gregory rousseau and, and and last season what we saw is is a lot of linemen like a we saw wide receivers push back a little bit and I think the, the, the wide receiver class being sort of undervalued the first couple days, me, you know, and as well as the wide receiver class in this draft being great, this means another, another you know, sort of feather in the cap of the idea that some wide receivers are going to take, be taken higher this year. I think the same with the tackle market as well. I mean, all these kind of veteran guys that are available, I haven't heard anything about, you know, Riley Reef, Russell Okung. Um, I think clearly teams agreed this is a stacked tackle class. Those guys are going to go early and often uh, along with wide receiver. It's interesting you mentioned that because I had, I had not thought about the tackles. Now you're making me second guess my, my take on here, which was where the, where, who's buying wide receivers? No one. And you look at, we had a, we did a clubhouse on Monday and um, uh, a a guy, Andre, came on and talked about how does the recent success of wide receivers in the draft have teams going, shit, why am I paying a guy when I can get him on the cheap and they're going to start playing well right off, you know, the jump. 
You look at, you know, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, uh, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, all these guys. And I'm not sure that it means that the wide receivers go any higher, but I do think we'll see more wide receivers in the first round. That's my big, and I actually look at the Patriots and go at 15, you know, maybe they trade back a couple spots, still snag a, a explosive wide receiver if they're there. To me, that is kind of my big takeaway. Um, and what I think will change uh, based, I don't know if there's any specific team that you, you say, well, based on who they signed, they won't take you know, this particular player, unless maybe you're looking at, say, the Niners, if they were thinking about getting a well, tackle. What about Washington football team at 19 is, a, is, I think, where a lot of folks are mocking that fifth quarterback. Oh, really? You think I haven't seen that. You haven't? No, I, I, haven't. I, I see Mac Jones... Or Trey Lance mock there in drafts that are a little Chris bit more. Sim Chris Sims has him t taking Justin Fields in the second round. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Just, just messing with you. <laughs> so, like, but I, I don't think Ryan fits. So, I think the Washington football team is going to take one of the developmental guys in, like, round two or three or round four. Like, I don't think that they – I don't think that they see their, their front four, which is amazing. Uh, they got William Jackson, which is a great signing. They pair him with Landon Collins, Cameron Curl. Right, they they got good football players on that team, and then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Fitzmagic can do his thing in a bad division. They're already now second in the division in odds, plus three hundred, I believe. The last time I looked, like I just don't think that they're going to do anything. If a quarterback falls to them at nineteen, maybe. But if a quarter, it, it's sort of this like margin call sort of idea. If a quarterback falls to them at nineteen, the whole league, including probably them, believes that quarterback isn't very good. And then we're talking about the under four and a half quarterbacks mm -hmm. thing. Whereas if Washington really wanted a quarterback, they'd move up. And I'd have a hard time seeing them do so after taking Fitzmagic and sort of paying Heineke what they paid him and having Kyle Allen in the fold as well. I'm glad you mentioned it because one of my notes for the podcast, I've been getting excited about draft or uh, betting on division props. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at what it is exactly right now. But one of my favorite team-wide you know uses of money this entire free agency has been the Washington football team I love what they did William Jackson is exactly what you want to target a guy coming off not so great as seasons he's still young you put him in the right scheme you give him what he can handle and then he becomes a, a, an above average cornerback for you that's massively valuable Ryan Fitzpatrick's graded over 75 each of the last three seasons he's a good quarterback Think about how good the Dolphins were when he was the quarterback. The, the Washington football team had one of the worst quarterbacking situations in history last year, okay? Alex Smith had to come out there on one and a half legs and, and lead them. You know, Taylor Heineke was a god in, in Washington after that game. And to me, I know this is going to sound sacrilegious. I'm not sure they're not the best team in the division. Even with Dak back, you still think Washington football sure. team? They're sure. the best overall team in the – like, look, if this was 1995 and quarterback was, as Dennis Green, the former coach of the Minnesota Vikings, once said, this is just one position of 22, then, yes, the Washington football team is better than Dallas. Let me, let me, let me paint you guys a picture here, okay? So, on DraftKings.com, the sports book, Dallas Cowboys are our, plus our 100. Our friends. The Washington football team is 3-1. to one. I will be betting yeah, on the Washington football bet. team right now but let me let me take you through week one comes around you know what every single person on the planet's watching the dallas cowboys let's say they lose you know what everyone's talking about dallas cowboys watch football team doesn't matter
okay? It does not matter. No one is going to be standing at their locker room waiting to eviscerate them. The Cowboys every year have such a harder job of just playing football. They're dealing with 40 million other things. And Dak is coming back off an injury. They've got, they've got question marks across that roster. They've got question marks at defensive, you know, all across the defense. Defensive coordinator is going to be new. Um, I just think that the gap between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Dak Prescott is close enough that the overall abundance of good play for the Washington football team, what I think is a better coaching situation, um, I'm not, let's not sour on our guy Mike. I'm not time. souring on Mike. I'm I'm saying I like Ron Rivera. Riverboat Ron is with whom I stand. Three to one is absurd. Having a having a coach not be having a coach not have to go through chemotherapy during the season is probably a better a, a big thing. Um, not having a terrible quarterback situation. Not playing the AFC North again, which is a pretty good damn good division in its own right. Um, are all reasons why I think Washington has a shot. The problem is, again, this is the same thing that always freaking happens. You have a brilliant defense, and and they made they made plays for sure. They, William Jackson, you're going to have some ascension, you'd imagine, from those younger guys in the front front four. But regressions, uh, regressions, a, me, a mean lady. Okay, so that that I've never re- heard that before. regression happens, and then on that offensive side of the ball, you ask more of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And while he occasionally has risen to that challenge in his career, there are plenty of other times when he has folded. And so I can see Washington being, I, I can see them winning the division. I think three to one's a good bet because I can't see the Giants or the Philadelphia Eagles doing it. So it really is a two-team race. But I think when you look at how NFL games are won this year, won nowadays, having Dak Prescott versus having I, I'm I'm gonna bet on Dak in that division. Go get Terry a sidekick, pick him in the draft. Go Will Fuller right now is gonna get signed for a bag of chips. What do you yeah. think Will Fuller's contract's gonna be? I think if he's smart, he signs in Green Bay with a quarterback for a one year, like eight million base value, and just bets on himself for one year. You know yeah, it reminds me of Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, seriously, if there's if there's a place like Jameis Winston, not a quarterback, going to win you a Super Bowl. However, he might get your wide receivers. You picked Chris Godwin first overall among wide receivers, <laughs> and that was thanks and to James. And, and he earned the franchise. He's a franchise player, George. He's, he's great. No, he's great. But my point is, if you're Will Fuller, why would you not go to Washington? You have a great sidekick in Terry McLaurin, and you have a guy that's willing well, no. to throw the ball at any time No, and here, here's the other thing. The cornerbacks in your division, aside from James Bradbury, are ass. So ooh, you're ooh. actually ooh. like, look at ooh, Dallas Trayvon Trayvon Diggs' best play in 2000. The slump and, buster, and, baby. Trayvon Diggs, the slump buster, his best play in 2020 was a play where he got burned by five yards, caught up to the guy and punched it out of the end zone. He literally gave up a, re- a long reception on the best play of his season. Like that, yeah. I don't mind it, but look over, look over in the north though. If you're looking at another place for Will Fuller. Vikings corners are, are not mm-hmm. very good. Chicago might cut Kyle Fuller today or, or next few days. And Detroit, I mean, Detroit's got a ways to go. They might buy you off your kneecaps, but they're not keeping you from getting the end zone. Let's talk Niners here. So Trent Williams, I woke up this morning, 5 a.m. Feeling dangerous? Yeah. I knew something was up. And, and Trent Williams had just signed the largest, the richest tackle deal. Um, break this deal down uh, for us, Brad. It's six years, so it would be 38 
But what is the way that the deal was constructed? Is it really a six-year deal? What are, what are the key numbers to take away from that? Yeah, I would say there's no such thing as a, as a real six-year deal. Yeah. Uh, they happen. I guess Gronk has somehow made it through his full six-year extension. But no, it's, it's probably a three-year deal, maybe four if he keeps playing well. We have seen a bunch of tackles play. I mean, Andrew Whitworth in the division is going to be 40 next year, still a good player. Um, but $30 million signing bonus and 55 in total guarantees. Um, it sounds like the first three years are actually about $20 million per, um, and, and the vast majority of the guarantees will be there. So you say three years, you get, what, 18 of that signing bonus, you know, prorated there. And then if you do move on after three, there's just $12 million left. So yeah, probably three and a half you know, year deal. And... I love it. I love it. You know what this tells me? And maybe, tell me if I'm crazy here, okay? But I see this deal and I go, you know what they're getting ready to do? They're getting ready to get me a quarterback. They're getting ready to trade up, bring a Have you already lost all faith in Deshaun Watson, the situation? I, um, I don't know. I don't know that, um, they're going to be the most aggressive. I think a team is going to be desperate, and I don't think John Lynch is one to be desperate. He doesn't need to be. No, he's already taken the team to the Super Bowl once. He's Kyle got a, Shanahan a long deal. Has some of the biggest balls in the entirety of the NFL, and I don't think that he's a guy that's going to get that duo isn't going to go. Oh yeah, we're going to give every single asset we have, including Levi Stadium, for Deshaun Watson. Whereas I think there are teams that should do that. The smock. The smock, absolutely. So, so let let's circle back. Let's circle to that one because I actually have I have six of my least favorite signings. Two of them play for the Carolina Panthers on the offensive line. If you're preparing yourself, prepare ye away for Deshaun Watson to come to Carolina. What a God's name are you doing signing Cam Irving and Pat Elfline to deals that involve millions of dollars? I don't know. Does anyone <laughs> feel that they're viable starters? I mean, the Vikings had the worst uh, grade as a unit at guard last year, and in the middle of that year, still cut Pat Offline, a draft pick of their own, and now six months later, he signs a decent deal at guard. Yeah, I. I, I mean, have so let's let's put some data behind this. Pat Elfline uh, has failed to clear a 50.0 pass blocking grade in any of the past three seasons, um, and our boy Cam Irving, um, despite his extensive experience. Um, his uh, best year, 58 overall PFF grade. Those are not great. He um, he was a, a left tackle. So he was the example that all Chiefs fans thought when they win in the Super Bowl with Mike Remmers, a left tackle. Because Cam Irving started half the season for the Chiefs in the 19 season when they won the Super Bowl. Now they lost all four of the games you know that they lost that year with him playing. But like he he's like a backup tackle in the NFL. And... I just don't – is this backup tackle money? Like, what is Riley Reef going to go for that's all that much more than two for ten? Is Riley – what's Riley Reef going for? Two for 20 at this point, at his best day? On his best day. At this point, that he'd be lucky to get that. Yeah. So, like, if you're Watson and you're thinking to yourself, okay, Houston – because I'll give Houston this. I, they went out and got they, – they paid too much. But they went out and got Laramie Tunsil to sort of help Watson out. They went out and got you know Kenny Stills in that same trade. Like they were, they tried to do some of the things that like that you know I, I think Wilson. Although Wilson's team traded for Dwayne Brown from Houston, so like it's it's similar thing. But like like if Watson comes to Carolina and he sees this offensive line and he's like, I'm sorry, what? Like what are they doing? 
circle back to George's thing too, the opposite. So talking about the 49ers again, they have Trent Williams, who was the highest graded tackle in the run game. Mike McGlinchey was second, and they just signed Alex Mack a couple hours ago. If you're trying to trade it for a Trey Lance and just pound the oh, ball. buddy, Justin Fields? Or Fields. <laughs> what do you, I mean, baby. I, I do think San Francisco is the best landing spot for three-fifths of those quarterbacks in the in the first yeah. round. Uh, and there's a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that scheme has the ability to turn some of them into um, <clears throat> some incredible players. I, I look at the, the Trent Williams deal, and you make a really good point, which is his he's so freaking good in Kyle Shanahan's system. When you get those isolation blocks on the outside, I know we don't talk about the run game all that often, but he's one of those guys that if you're trying to have an explosive run game that gets you 20-yard chunk play gains, like that's one of the guys that can really help you with that. And I would say this as well, he took an entire year off. So 32, yeah, that's old, but he said this on the podcast with Richard and Chris. He was like, you know, that sucked, but I felt so fresh. I feel so fresh right now. And I think there's something to that where you're probably going to get three years of, at the very least, top five tackle play. Um, but if I'm thinking about this from the 49ers perspective, this move to me, and I know people were like, oh, does this mean they don't go up or, or pick a quarterback at 12 or whatever? I think it's the exact opposite. I think this move is all about saying we are trying to identify the best players we can to play football for us. And Jimmy G might get a shot still, but you can't, you can't be the Bears. This is how we'll transition. You can't be the Bears and just be satisfied with mediocre to below average, can you? No, you're right. No, at this point, Kyle Shanahan is too good at his job. The thing with him, too, is even when the roster falls apart, he's still going to win you like six, seven games. So you're never going to be picking probably higher than 12, most likely, with Shanahan and a competent team. So, yeah, they should, they should be heavy, aggressive, and I think they will be. Yeah, I love it. Because to me, there was if they let him go, if they let Williams walk, I would have been very worried that they were gonna they were thinking of using pick 12 on a tackle and i now look at this team and i go the clearest big need here for them is the most important player on the field is quarterback i'm talking myself into it but i like it for those of you that are not watching us live did not watch us live and listening to the podcast before we get to the patriots conversation couple of big things I got to tell you about. The first is you may have heard it's March. I don't know, unless you're living under a rock. And even so, you've probably heard it's March by now. And DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered. You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook, use the promo code PFF, bet $4 on any underdog in college basketball and win 256 if they win. It's, it's very simple. And let me tell you this, college basketball right now is a total crapshoot. No one knows what's going on. So just pick an underdog with a cool name, go make it happen. And then take that 256 and roll it into all the division futures that we're going to talk about here that have value. There's drop, uh, draft props, the whole deal. So go make it happen. DraftKings Sportsbook app. New users use P, uh, promo code PFF and get that $4 to win 256 deal. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania are the only ones. New customers are the only ones that are eligible. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 100Gambler or an Indiana 9 with it. We are also brought to you by our good buddies at Simbull. S-I-M-B-U-L-L. It is the stock market and sports combined. You can buy stock in your favorite teams and free agency is a great time to go do it. Here's why. People are going to overreact to teams like the Patriots. We're going to talk about the teams that we think have been the smartest here. They haven't made the splashiest moves, but they've been smart. You want to go buy their stock. And if you use promo code PFF, when you deposit on symbol.app, A-P-P, 
you can get a free PFF annual subscription. Let me read that URL to you again. Go to symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot app, and then put a little slash and then PFF. It'll take you right to the screen. Use that promo code PFF, deposit 10 bucks, get a free PFF annual subscription for the whole freaking year. Do you realize how good of a deal that is? It's a $40 sub for 10 bucks. If, however, I should say this, if for any reason you do not want to use that promo code, go to pff.com right now. We're doing the free agency 30 promo. It is an awesome deal. You get 30% off any subscription edge, which gives you all the premium content, plus all the dra- uh, fantasy rankings, the draft guide, the free agency guide, all the live updating free agency content. That's a great deal. It's 40 bucks for the whole year. You get 30% off or elite, which is $200 for the whole year, but you get all of the betting tools you get the prop uh the prop uh tool you get the dfs optimizer you get the betting dashboards and that is 30 percent off too for an annual subscription so tons of good stuff and now brad and eric we're going to rip through free agency it's going to be a lot of fun let's get it um let's let's uh talk a little bit about the bears how do you feel about um our bears futures division futures wow (laughs) (laughs) what are they thinking what are what are the Chicago Bears doing? I, I honestly think that they believe that they can still get Wilson and that Dalton will be part of that trade. But if you're Seattle and you could have signed the guy at any point, why is he not uh, more than needle for you? If you're Seattle and, you ha- and, and you're connecting those dots, you would not have pissed Wilson off to begin with. That's fair like I, We're assuming rationality from these teams. We're assuming anything other than white noise in their decisions when it's not warranted for all but like five teams. Like... You know, show me show me Buffalo's process, I'll follow it. Show me Baltimore's. Every other team, it's like, well, if this happened, this doesn't make sense with respect to this. And it's like, yeah, because they're just making every decision in this Markovian way. Like, this is our situation. This is the decision we're making. And it's like, and so I think of Seattle. Like, okay, Seattle's trying to patch it up with Russ. But the very issue that caused, it's the same thing with Watson. The very issue that caused the consternation to begin with is still going to be there because they just don't view football in a winning way. And that's ultimately what Russ is pissed off about, is that he's amazing and they don't want to do what's necessary to win football games with him. So it would make a ton of sense for them to be like, well, we've tried. He just doesn't want to be a part of Seahawks Nation. And he wants to be a part of Seahawks Nation. Let's bring him in. We're getting a great deal, by the way. He's $10 million a year. That's half of what Bridgemar's making. I, I told everyone this two weeks ago. The Bears have no mechanism to actually present the Seahawks with something that gives them a chance at a quarterback. And all these three-team deals involving the Jets, like, good luck getting these guys all in, you know, one Zoom call we, unmuted we, at one can time. Can we pause right? for a second, though? In Pete Carroll's career in Seattle, his first year he had an old Matt Hasselbeck, and he, he cut him so that he could start Tavares Jackson on purpose, okay? In 2012, he signed Matt Flynn. That was supposed to be his starter. He signed Matt Flynn, and he just got he lucked he lucked into the Jaguars taking Brian Anger, a punter, ahead of them instead <laughs> of Russell Wilson. And then Russell, to their credit, played well enough where they admitted the mistake and started him over Matt Flynn. But let's not pretend that Pete Carroll is like this quarterback. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't pretending about that. I just said that there was no. But they way. don't have to be presented with a quarterback option. They don't. I guess. 
here's a question for you though. Okay, so we know the package allegedly was three first round picks, a third round pick, and two starters, and that didn't get the deal. Andy done. Dalton is a starter oh. for that team. Okay, so even if we throw in Andy Dalton, which so. I think has zero value, let's say they get to the draft, they can offer a fourth first round pick. If the Chicago Bears, let's say the two starters are Kyle Fuller and I don't know Darnell Mooney, they get another receiver in Seattle. Are, do you feel better about your NFC North future with the Bears, even with Russ? How much better do you feel? I mean, of course you feel better, but I'm saying like, yeah. are you think you're actually going to win that bet still at that point? I don't know. Seattle's roster sucks compared without without. Would with, it be better? In it. Would Chicago's be better after that trade? Though? Here's the way I, I at think least think. <laughs> what would you feel? So I've been talking about the Seahawks at three to one. That line hasn't moved, by the way. I, I would bet the Seahawks three to one to win the division because I think Russ is staying there. What would you feel? Uh, like, how would you feel about that bet? How would you feel about the the Bears? The Bears bet? at five five and a half to one is where I think it is now. Is a better bet than Seattle three to one. Here's why. The a NFC West is actually a good division. You're playing like oh. good team after good team after good team, like relatively frequently. The NFC North is a Packers meltdown away from being like the AFC South. It's oh, a very bad true. division. Like a very bad division. <laughs> and I, the AFC South somehow produces two playoff teams every year. So every time we talk about them as a dog shit division, everybody rips on us, but they're bad. Like the. But if you go to Chicago, Detroit's not going to compete for a couple of years. Minnesota's not going to compete for a couple of years. And Green Bay is literally like squeezing the last bit of toothpaste out of yeah. the tube. Like that to me, that's why I like the Chicago play because if if they get any sort of they went twelve and four and won that division by three and a half games yeah. like just three years ago. Like the the Bears, I, I and I agree with you. I, so here's my take on it, Brad. The those draft picks aren't gonna manifest themselves. They're not gonna rear their ugly head until a couple years down the road. Sure. And man, if they if they could get that, I mean, what would their cap situation be? That's my real question. Like could they still go out and patch up, you know, a lot of these free agent wide receivers are gonna be on the cheap. You know, what what would they have to do cap wise to even get Wilson in there? First off, and then would they have any room left to, to make any other moves? They're already in a you know Saints, Eagles, Falcons, Steelers esque scenario, which is crazy when you don't have a quarterback on the roster. Yeah, Again, they can do it. They would bring Russell in and immediately restructure and push money down the line, um, and, and they would just go nuts with with further restructures. They already did um, Mac this week, Eddie Jackson this past week, um, Cody Whitehair this past week. So they would just do it with everybody. Um, maybe try to trade Kyle Fuller. Maybe try to trade Akeem Hicks. Um, they could do it, but again, no. Are you adding on top of that? Probably not. You say you're right. The receivers are cheap, so maybe you do go out and get a Fuller or a Curtis Samuel on a one-year flyer. But, buddy, if you put Will Fuller, Russell Wilson, and Allen Robinson on the same field together, that would be yeah. Would it would be, be perfect compliments to each other. What, Alan, yeah. God damn. I'm now, back in. I'm back in. I'm, I'm back in, baby. <laughs> I, I mean, but I, it's not even. It's to the degree. Like I don't think we fully grasp how little Russ. Russ. The last time Russ played in the Super Bowl, none of his wide receivers active that day were drafted by an NFL team. Like, he has been very good at overcoming just immense amounts of crap. And I understand that if the Bears, like, traded some of their players for him, he would be left with, with garbage. But, he like, is it any worse than what he has in Seattle? No, and to your point, the division is a little worse. I, that's why, I mean... I guess you're not ripping up your Bears tickets quite yet. No. Like, the Bears tickets have value even if Russ doesn't go there, I think. Because I... The Red Rifle? I mean... Just, just Rodgers' injury and that's... Uh, well, the like, door's open? If, if, if Rodgers plays like he did in 2016, 17, 18... 2017, 18... You're such a hater. And 2019... 
and the Packers get a modicum of regression everywhere else, they're a 10-win team probably, right? And the Bears were an 8-win team last year despite the fact that they they actively started a quarterback for six games yeah. who refused to throw a hot pass. Like, I, you know, I – Trubisky last year was what six and three as a start. Like I mean, the Bears and the Broncos are in the same boat. They're they're massively talented, and and I want to talk about the Broncos here. They're massively talented, top to bottom, and had arguably the worst quarterback situation in the league. And if they just got an average fucking quarterback, yeah. they'd be a really good team. If they got a a, a good quarterback, yeah. they would be a great team. And that's why I'm here to overreact to Deshaun Watson liking a Jerry <laughs> Judy photo on Instagram. <laughs> Which, for us to be talking about, is absolutely hilarious. Because I was thinking about this: um, if what if we all reacted to likes on Instagram in the same way? Like, you know, I, I like a uh, a photo of someone in Italy, and it's like, will George be moving to yeah. Italy tomorrow? <laughs> I just like the photo of a steak. Will he be going to the steakhouse this evening? Um, yeah. You know, my girlfriend would be following me around, asking what the hell i'm doing denver but. i mean the the issue with betting denver division futures is that kansas city is a overwhelming favorite to win that division and there's two other really good, there's two other good good options at qb in that mm -hmm. division in herbert and Carr. the the win total over though i think absolutely has legs i you know and, and i know that's probably why they haven't hung the win totals up this yeah. year because there's a lot of there's about 10 to 15 percent hold in those DraftKings. so even if you think you have value if you just like there's not arbitra there's no more close to arbitrage opportunities in these markets so that's why they're letting you make these longer term bets because they're generally bad unless you truly have an edge with win totals actually like they 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 cause the book some exposure because the hold is substantially lower five percent or so the reason why i love denver as opposed to chicago is even post trade they still have a talented roster so you have noah fant jerry judy Cortland sutton coming off an injury uh kj hamler like do they uh, have to give up one of those guys i'm saying probably give up on those guys give up number nine if houston wants drew lock maybe um but still i'm saying and i think bradley chubb probably on the move there as well um but still after let's see you have two of those guys and a bunch of picks you're still a d i mean you have the best offensive line in the, in, in the division by a good margin still mm -hmm. um there's still not a it's not a bad roster yeah if they can keep judy if you could give up chubb and i know they they love chubb but i would you know if you could give Who up chubb and and picks i'm trying to think about deshaun where i want to see deshaun watson most i think caroline is third on my list honestly i'm not sure the smock deserves it at this point after what he's done um in free agency i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with Wow, this is really tough, man. I, Deshaun Watson in a Dolphins jersey to me just feels right. Yep. Um, but the Broncos and that division would be absolutely insane. I'm going Broncos 1B, Dolphins 1A. Um, what do you guys think? I'm with you there for sure. Driving the, driving the bandwagon? Yep. All right, let's make it happen. Let's close it out with this. Uh, Brad, you're our cap wizard. You've been here all week. You've been absolutely killing it. I want to know. Who gets so far the crown is doing the best cap gymnastics handling the cap the best so far in free agency and who is uh going to be put in the corner who fucked themselves the most i love the jets approach with with new gm joe douglas in that they came into the hang the banner hang the banner well another thing is the fact that we're not hanging the banner is why it's been yeah, great yeah. we are used to them giving out the biggest deals in free agency every single year cj mosley five-year 85 million dollar deal at off-ball linebacker i think he's played 30 snaps as a jet 
Um, you know, Tremaine Johnson, great locker room presence. Great locker room presence. Tremaine Johnson made him like the highest paid corner in the NFL at mo- one moment. So only two signings so far. Carl Lawson, which we all loved, and Corey Davis was a fine, solid move for wide receiver two. They still have the most cap space left in the NFL um, at this moment and, and upgraded the roster in a significant way. Um, I mean, worse cap management. The conversation starts and stops with the Saints. Um, it just it just is. It's crazy. I mean, even I'll take an L. Like even I, with the incredible void well, contract? The, the management is, is next level. I, I literally thank you, Saints, for teaching me how to do all this because I just learned via watching Kai Holiday, their capologist, go crazy with all these things. But... I mean, I didn't think they could franchise tag Marcus Williams. They go ahead and do that. They, they've made a billion moves. They have, I mean, like 30 million plus dead money on several 30-year-old players at this point. Um, and again, like, Taysom, Jason, like, I mean, like, you're betting on Jason. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Also, I'm coining Jason. I've been saying I, that all week. So. I'm, uh, I'm very interested to see what the Saints do. There's voodoo going on there somewhere. Like, they're going to figure – I just foresee them somehow luck-boxing themselves into a quarterback. I don't know why. Um, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we will be back on Sunday um, at our regularly scheduled time. won't be live. You won't be able to see my face live. Hopefully, I'm in better shape, Eric. People <laughs> had noticed that perhaps I was under the weather on Sunday, but I'm not going to make excuses. I came to play. I, didn't, I don't want to grade myself on a curve. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, also, for the people that asked, I don't have COVID. <laughs> if you were curious, <laughs> I did not have COVID. That was not my ailment. Thank you guys for hanging out. Free Agency 30 is the promo code. 30% off. Go get it. Check out all these guys' great content. Thanks for hanging out. Peace.